You're listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. You can open up to the book of, uh, of Ephesians, chapter 3, and you're there, just say amen. It says in verse 14, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Verse 16, may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Verse 17, may Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. Verse 18, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints the experience of that love. And what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of it? And that, may, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, <laughs> that you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of divine presence and become a body holy, flooded, and filled with God himself. Now unto him who by the action of his power that's at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far above and far over all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers and desires and thoughts and hopes and dreams. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. In the King James Version in Ephesians 3, 19, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work, at work within us. So we see the scripture of Ephesians 3.20, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we dare ask or think. You know, you see that embroidered on pillows, you see it on coffee mugs, you see it quoted on Facebook, people make memes out of it. But they, they, miss, they miss something. Because it says, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above all that we ask or think, but it's according to the power that's at work within us. What God is, wants to do in each life, in this place, and those watching online, is only according to the power that you allow God to work inside of you. Little power at work within, little power at work without. Big power at work within, big power at work without. In other words, when God does something to you, he's going to do something through you, and it's up to you how far you're going to allow the Lord to come and do that work. There was a, a cowboy preacher 
who uh, was over in South Africa, and he was preaching a sermon, and this guy was from Texas. So this guy, he was an actual cowboy, but he was also a preacher, and he would travel to nations, and this was back in the 60s. And he would preach with big cowboy boots, and you can imagine over in South Africa seeing a cowboy. Wouldn't that be funny, you know? Because they don't know, you know, cowboys, that's an American thing. And uh, so this cowboy preacher, he comes, he has a, you know, the hat and everything. He's preaching, and he began to tell the story of, about how he was in Texas, and, and, you know, there was an Indian man. He was actually an Indian chief that came. Again, this is in the 50s and 60s when this happened. This Indian chief came to one of his meetings in Texas. I mean, he had the full headdress and everything. He came, and he sat all the way in the back, and he sat like this the whole service. And this evangelist was there. You know, this cowboy preacher, he was there for five nights just sitting. The, the, the Indian was sitting in the back just looking at him like this. And he said he watched the Indian every night for five nights just look at him. But he said on the last night, he decided to pray for everybody who wanted the power of the Holy Ghost. So on the last night, people, well, actually, it was through the whole week. But at the last night, he had a special prayer. If you haven't been prayed for, you want prayed for, I'll pray for you. And the Indian chief got up at the end, and he came up to the cowboy preacher. And this is, you know, he hadn't talked the whole week, but this is all he said. He looked at the cowboy preacher. He said, me no want little, little Holy Ghost. Go, hallelujah, hallelujah. He looked at the cowboy. He said, me want big Holy Ghost. Go, hallelujah. <laughs> when I heard that story, my pastor told it. When I heard that story, I thought, that's me. I don't want little Holy Ghost. Go, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want big Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? Because he's able to do super abundantly above what we ask or think according to the power of the Holy Ghost that's working on the inside of you. That Indian chief must have sat for those five nights and watched everyone. He must have saw some people getting little Holy Ghost and some people getting big Holy Ghost. Not that the Holy Ghost is little or small, but you can either yield little or you can yield big to him. And it's up to you. Amen. <laughs> so he watched the people. He saw some people, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't want to bump into the person next to you, hallelujah. And he saw some other people, hallelujah. He wanted that. Because he saw that that's where the power was. Amen. People responding to the anointing. Because here's what you, do, you, you, you must understand this. That when God comes in and he begins to move and he begins to touch you. You know, you go read in the Bible what happens when God touches people. They go walking and leaping and praising God. Some, the lady Sunday, and you know, I, I hope that they're able to make it throughout the week, but I'm glad she came up and told everybody. She said, I was sitting there, I wanted to shout, but I didn't. But there's a lot of people, the Lord will move on their hearts, the Holy Ghost will move, and then they don't yield, and that's called quenching the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Bible says, do not quench the Spirit of God. The three sins against the Holy Spirit. Number one, quenching the Holy Ghost. That's when you feel by the Spirit to do something and you don't do it. And that happens in churches all across America every Sunday, where even sometimes the pastor will quench. When God's moving, he'll shut it down. And that's quenching. That's when a fire it wants to burn and you put it out. So number one, quenching the Holy Spirit, grieving the Holy Spirit. That's, we can grieve the Holy Spirit by things we do and by things we say. And you know when you d you've done that, because who's ever said something and you want to take the words and put it back in your mouth? Like, ugh. You, you feel that, ugh, in your stomach. Like, I shouldn't have said that. Who knows what I'm talking about? Or you're watching something on television and you just feel in your heart, I, I'm not going to watch this junk. 
and you feel dirty, just, you know, that's when you grieve the Holy Ghost. And then, so number one, quench. Number two, grieving the Holy Spirit. Number three, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's when you compare the work of God to the work of the devil. That's when God's moving and you say that that was the devil. That's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. On that tongues is of the devil. Hey, rather, if you see something you don't understand, just, I don't get it, I don't understand, you know, but rather don't, don't say something's the devil when you don't even know. Are you with me? So in the Bible, people went walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. Who knows this song? When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I'm going to dance like David danced. When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I'm going to shout like Joshua shouted. The problem is a lot of believers, the Spirit of the Lord moves upon their heart to, to, to shout, and then they don't shout. Or... The pastor will say, okay, come on, we're going to give a shout. The walls are going to come down. Everyone shout. And then everyone shouts except the one person. They'll go, they'll just make it look like they're shouting. See if it blends in. No one knows. I look like I'm shouting, but I'm not shouting. And there are a lot of Christians. They look like they're Pentecostal, but they're not letting it flow forth. It's there, but they're not letting it out. Come on, we're in a church where you can shout. We're in a church where you can dance. We're in a church where you can yield to the Holy Ghost. And you don't have to worry about offending anybody. You don't have to worry. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Glory to God. So it's according to the power that you're allowing to be at work within you. Because here's what you have to understand. When you yield and hear... You should be able to yield and hear people love you. If someone does get offended, we'll kick them out. We don't. Just tell me. We'll get rid of them. I mean, come on. I'm not building a church of religious people, just so you know. If you haven't noticed, I would take a handful of people who want to yield and are on fire. I'd take that over anything else. Amen. One thing I love about this church, you're either going to get mad, glad, or sad, but you're going to get something. You can never leave the river and say, I didn't get anything out of that service. You're either going to get ticked off, or you're going to get happy. Isn't that true? Who's got ticked off at me before? Hey, bud. I've got ticked off at myself before. <laughs> I'd preach something and say, why am I preaching this? God is so good. You really don't have to worry about offending anybody. Who's thankful for that? Because I've been in some churches, you see the man of God, okay, God, you're so free to move. And then God moves, and then he shuts it down. Like schizophrenia. So we see that. We see ministers. They, they say, oh, Lord, send your fire. Oh, Lord, send revival. Oh, God, we need thee. And then the fire of God falls in a place. People walking and leaping. Praising. The moment it gets out of the control of the minister, sometimes they get, they get nervous. Because they begin to think, oh, no, that person's our biggest tither over there. What if that person offends that person? And then their brain goes crazy. Oh, no, I need that. That's our, that's our you know, kid's minister. Oh, no, if they get, you know. You just have, it, look, sometimes it needs to get out of control. 
out of the control of man and into the control of God. Out of the hands of man, into the hands of God. Amen? And let the chips fall where they may. Now look, I keep trying to get to this. The reason it's so important for you to yield and hear to the Holy Spirit is because if you won't yield in here, you're not going to yield out there. Because in here, you might go walking and leaping and praising God. In here, you might have joy unspeakable and full of glory. In here, the power of God might, <laughs> boom, fall on you. You fall out under the power of God. And here, you yield. But when you go out there, it's going to be them. When you go out there, it's going to be the Lord saying, now go to that person and tell them I love them. Go to that person lay hands on them. Go over there. And then if you can yield in here, then surely you'll be able to yield out there. Can you say amen? amen. Are you with me? Yes. You'll know the spirit of the Lord will move upon you. In the first, time, the, the first thing, what happens when the spirit of the Lord moves upon you, and you know to yield for it could be to give a tongue and then someone gives an interpretation it could be i need to do this i need to say this that lady what what happened sunday her heart was stirred you'll know because your heart gets stirred you can barely sit in your seat you're sitting there you're like, ah, ah. you know you, you, who knows what i'm talking about you're stirred you're moved and the first thing that happens is your head goes don't do it don't you do it you're gonna make a fool of yourself i tell you the fire of god's followed right now <laughs> right now weights are being lifted right now burdens are being lifted right now right now right now the Lord's equipping you with what you need hallelujah when your heart's stirred you just need to yield you just need to yield your head will be screaming at you but you just gotta yield forget about what people think they're thinking it anyway forget about what they say hallelujah all of heaven's cheering you on. Come on, Kashokton, you can take the city. You're well able to take the land. Hallelujah. And it's according to the power that you allow to work on the inside of you. Will he do super abundantly? Far above. Far above. That's what this week is all about. It's about God flooding you. It's about God empowering you. It's about allowing big power to be at work on the inside of you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Ramasandeleboromoshata. Hallelujah. <laughs> so this is what's happening to her. She's being flooded. She's being flooded. Oh, man. <laughs> This is what's happening. People are being flooded. <laughs> when Samson took, 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 took. When, when, yeah. <laughs> when he took the, the, the 
Foxes, what did he do? He put fire to their tails. What did they do? They ran. With what? A sense of urgency. <laughs> and they did damage to the camp of the enemy. They burned it down. A lot of the church has lost its sense of urgency. Jesus is coming very, very soon. we got to go forth and reach the lost and dying world. They've lost a sense of urgency because they need the fire. When God takes you and sets your tail ablaze, you're not just going to sit there. Hallelujah. You're going to react. Hallelujah. Come on, this is going to be a week of saturation. This is going to be a week of God flooding your life. You're not even going to recognize yourself when God is through with you. Amen. Psalms 126. When the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. And then, then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Then again, turn our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. They that sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Why is it okay to cry in church? But the moment the joy of the Lord hits, it makes everyone nervous. You can weep in the presence of God. You can laugh in the presence of God. Come on. The joy, of your, the joy of the Lord is your strength. What's happening right now? The Lord is strengthening his church. That's what's happening. The Lord's strengthening you. He's putting strength on you. Right now. So you won't come dragging in someday. You won't come dragging in at the altar. Pray for me, Pastor. It's been a hard week. It might be. It's scriptural to be challenged, but it's not scriptural to ever be defeated. Hallelujah.
Well, you're listening to Life of Revival. I'm your host, Zachary Weber. I'm also the pastor of the River Church right here in Coshocton, Ohio. You were actually listening to one of our revival services that we had way back in January of this year. You know, I was talking to my 92-year-old grandmother who's been in church her entire life, and she was telling me what revival was like way back in the early 1900s. She said, you know, three nights, that's not a revival meeting. She said, one week, you're just starting a revival. Two weeks, you're about there. (laughs) And I thought, man, what has the church lost in 2020 where they can't even sit in the service for more than an hour, much less going to church every single night for a week or two weeks or a month? But, you know, during the great awakenings of old, back in the 1700s and the 1800s, that's what it was like, meetings every night, sitting in church for hours at a time. And God came down and he touched people. It's scriptural. In the book of Acts, Paul preached past midnight. He preached for so long that a young boy was sitting in a window. He fell asleep. He fell out of the window and he died. And Paul had to go down and raise him from the dead. You can read in the book of Acts chapter 19, where Paul held lectures from 10 o'clock until three. That's five hours of Paul speaking. But then we can see later in that chapter that God did unusual and extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. Come on, there are so many people in the church, they're just too busy for God. There's one church that I know of down in Florida where they say they have perfected the 43-minute service. 43-minute service. I wouldn't even get dressed up for that. What are you talking about? No, come on. It is so important that we spend time in the presence of God. So our next revival meeting is scheduled in June. We don't have the exact dates yet, but I want to tell you it's going to be an epic time. It's going to be one week of immersing ourselves in God's presence. And it's open to everybody. We would love for you to be able to join us any way that you can. Well, it is Resurrection Sunday today, and we are having church this morning at the River Church. Our address is 51 Pine Street, and our service begins at 10 a.m. If you're looking for a place to attend for Easter, you are more than welcome to join us. Now, of course, with everything going on right now, uh, we are having social distancing. We have the chairs six feet apart. There's hand sanitizer as you're walking in the door. Of course, I understand we're being criticized because we are staying open, but a lot of people don't understand that there's a major attack against the church in America. And the rights we lose on this side, we're not going to get back on the other side. Look, you got to understand, my pastor was arrested a couple weeks ago for having church. I have a video right now on my phone of a minister in another state. He was just trying to have a church service. 20 police cars showed up at his church. The police chief were were there, and they were all trying to intimidate him and tell him to shut his service down. I mean, they even told him that your rights mean nothing during this time. No, that's very scary. You know, I have another friend in Washington, D.C. He was having church service, and uh, three armed police officers walked in and threatened him. If you don't shut this service down, you will be placed under arrest. He said, I want to talk to whoever's above you. So he called their police chief on the phone. The police chief said, shut your service down or you're going to leave that place in handcuffs. Well, the whole church began to pray. Suddenly, all the officers had a change of heart. They spoke to him a little bit more, threatened him, and then they turned around and walked out the door. He had a three-hour church service. Come on. 
Have we really come to the place in America where we are releasing criminals from prison into the streets and locking up preachers? If this doesn't concern you, I don't know what will. If I was to ask you January 1st of this year, would you ever allow the government to order you to not go to church on Easter, no matter what the reason is? I imagine the majority of you listening would say there is no way I would ever allow the government to tell me I can't go to church. I don't care what the reason is. <laughs> well, what's changed? Amen. I am shocked that Americans are allowing the government to do this to them. I have no problem with suggestions. I think they're good and helpful, and I think they're needed. But when you start to order Americans to forfeit their constitutional rights, <laughs> I have a big problem with that, and I will resist that with every fiber of my being. If we've given up our First Amendment this easily, well, why not give up our Second Amendment? When the government comes to us and says, I want all your guns and ammunition for your temporary safety, are you going to do that? It looks like it. And I am shocked that Americans are laying down. I'm shocked by the pastors who don't see that there is an attack against the church. You know, I, I'm shocked that I have to explain to pastors why local churches exist. <laughs> the local church exists to hold back the plan of the enemy in your city. You know, when the church was on South Lawn, we started to pray that all the drug houses would get exposed. Within two weeks, all the drug houses around where we were having church were all busted up. I mean, come on. Drug dealers were getting saved and born again. People were getting healed and delivered. The local church is the light in the darkness. We're the salt of the earth. And Jesus said, don't take the light and put it under a bed. Amen. The local church holds back the, en the enemy and the plans of the devil. Church is spiritual. You, you have to explain this to people now in 2020 because obviously through the preaching, something's been lost that people do not think it is important to gather together in one accord in one place and allow God to move and to pray over our city. I will say one thing though. I now see how quickly and easily an antichrist could take power. Well, that's all I'm going to say about that. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash therivercushockton. You can go to therivercushockton.com. If you have prayer requests or you want to get in contact with us, you can go to our website and go to the contact section. We also have devotionals on there that will help you in your walk with God. You can also follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash rivercushockton. And unfortunately, we're out of time now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this broadcast blessed you in some way. We'll see you next week, same place, same time, 830, Life of Revival. God bless you. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshockton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash the river This is David Ingalls. Has anyone told you today that God loves you and that he has a plan for your life? I have a very important question I want to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? The Holy Bible reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
The Bible also reads, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm a whosoever, and you are too. I want to pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless those listening to my voice. Bless their family with long, healthy lives. Make yourself real to them. If they aren't born again, I pray that they receive Jesus as Lord right now. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Listening ones, if you would like to receive the gift that God has for you, say this prayer after me from your heart. Say it from your lips out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead. I believe that you're coming back again for me. Oh God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost. Give me a hunger for the things of God. Give me a holy boldness to tell others about Jesus Christ. According to the Word of God in my prayer, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. My brother, my sister, I welcome you to the family of God. Be sure to tell someone about your prayer and get into a Bible teaching church family right away. Always remember, run to God and not from God because He loves you and has a great plan for your life.